Welcome to the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast. Every black film ever made. My name is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble. And I'm, as always, I'm joined by my partner. Hey, this is Vincent Williams. Tonight, we are continuing our march through that spooky time of year that we call Boo-tober. Yes, sir. Boo-tober. Yes, sir. Boo-tober. And tonight we are taking a stop at Vincent's selection. Mm. And this is a recent selection, but it is uh, quite a dandy. Yeah, yeah. From 2021, we mm-hmm. will be reviewing Candyman. Mm. Say my name, say my name. <laughs> when no one else is around. Um, starring Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, Tiana Paris, mm. Coleman Domingo, mm, mm, mm. and featuring... Vanessa Williams. How about that? Virginia Madsen, in a way. Yeah. And Tony Todd in a film that was produced by Jordan Peele, mm-hmm. written by Nia DaCosta, and as I mentioned, Vincent's selection for tonight's stop on Be Me Show mission. What's up, Vince? How you doing, bro? I am good. I am good. How are you? I'm doing very well. Shout out to each and every one of you out there in the Facebook group, as well as on YouTube, watching as we are streaming live and direct to your screens. Vince, uh, you didn't watch. We had a a discussion like over the last couple of weeks. I know. About um, Versus. Yes, yes, yes. And the the Versus that everyone was looking forward to. Yes. KRS-One versus Big Daddy Kane. Yes. Happened just this past weekend. Yes, it did. And you you didn't watch it, did you? I did not watch it officially, but I think it like how long it do they go? It would well, I think they're supposed to go about three hours. This one probably went a little over three hours. Three hours, yeah, because I I feel like I watched over an hour of footage. Okay, yeah, like I've watched more of this verses than you have of any than other. I have any verses. Wow, wow. just because I mean these were just two master. MCs. MCs. Like, right. like this was this was like a TED talk mm. of mm. hip hop. Mm-hmm. Well, it, and it uh, uh, wound up being just like that because yeah. because they both are old school masters. They brought out all of the elements. Right. 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 Of right. the old school. The old school was definitely in the yeah. building. Yeah. So I saw a significant amount of it, but apparently I didn't see most of it. No, no, you didn't okay. see most of it. Now, of what you saw, because I don't yes. know what you saw, and I yes. saw, I saw pretty much all of it. I didn't. I probably missed the last half hour because I just had to. I had to get pull myself. Away. Sure, sure. Um, but of what you saw, what did you think of it? And even though there really is no winner, sure, we are we are all winners. I was about to say it seems like we were the winners. Mm-hmm. But it it was it was fantastic. I, I have to say. It it was if if you listen to us, I thought it was going to be amazingly one sided. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know because I think Kane is just a consummate showman mm-hmm. and MC. But like I was surprised, but like I wasn't that surprised that Karis One was amazing. Like Karis One is an MC, mm-hmm. 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 and I think in his heart, Karis One is a battle MC. Like, KRS-One is a true battle, freestyle, you know, aggressive MC. Okay. So, I was surprised, but not that surprised at how well KRS-One did. Well, I was definitely rooting for Kane. 
Of right? course. So there was a part of me early on because when Karis One comes out, he is doing a lot of call and response, like okay. saying one word of his rhyme, mm-hmm. holding out the mic, letting people say the other word of rhyme. Sure. And I was mad because I'm like, no, you're not rapping your whole song. Right, right. You need to be rapping your whole song because he did a lot of it. But then MC means move to crowd. And that's exactly what he was doing. And and, and in my heart, mm-hmm. I knew that's what he was doing. Yeah. Okay. In my heart, I knew that he was he was just getting the crowd jazzed up. Mm-hmm. And I and and I didn't want him to do that because I wanted Kane to do that. Right. But there were a couple of things that I realized that I that I which is shame on me for not realizing this. Okay. Is that one, like you said, KRS one is a performer. I've seen him perform. I, I didn't I never saw him do this. So this was Oh the, really? Yeah. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. So I was actually like, yo, okay, Chris can bring it. Mm-hmm. But the the biggest thing that I realized is that Chris's the the beats for Chris's songs were all banging hard mm-hmm. beats right, right right which the when Im, the beat immediately drops everybody's like oh and you just start I mean, moving yeah. head nodding it's they all head nod the whole nine kane if you remember a lot of his beats like real like 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 fast drum tracks right okay there's not a lot of Bass heavy in him, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that he definitely, at one point, moves to a lot of new jack type of stuff. Yeah, so he did his, have that moment. Yeah, yeah, so his his beats would then sometimes like you would be like, oh, I'll work. Yeah, I remember mm-hmm. it. I work, but you know, mm-hmm. I'm not. You know, yeah. nobody working on that. No I work. This is not the room. This is not the Baby. room to be working. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah, yeah. So and. The other thing is that Kane, and I love Kane. Of course. But he rhymes so fast. Yes, he does. That you miss, you can't really appreciate what he's doing, I'm, what he's saying. I mean, was he doing, I saw something new that he did, but for the most part, he's just rapping old songs, right? No, he was doing all his old songs, well, and, they were, and they were tracks that you knew. And you know all the words of those. Yeah, but, they, okay true you do know all the words but when the bull is up there just spitting them jaws and 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 this is the difference between moving the crowd and showing that you can rhyme chris had some fly words too but he knew that this still throw it back back to the crowd get them pumped up they they become part of the show right right kane was rapping at people well he's he's giving a show he's right he's giving which chris said you know he came to give a show i came to do it you know what I'm saying? right and then chris was coming off the dome with stuff and and kane I mean, didn't really come off the dome look, look i mean Karis one is a true freestyle mc which there are not many of those like quietly there were never many of those true like just ever true so again i wasn't that surprised and then and then um I mean, it definitely slowed down. I mean, Chris brought out Red Alert. He brought out Red Alert. Nice. He brought out Red Alert. He brought out the um, uh, Das Effects. Ah, um, we want effects. 
some live effects mm-hmm. um who they had to kick off the stage because they wouldn't stop rapping right. um Kane brought out the Juice Crew, of course. You know, I mean, he didn't. He he brought out you know who he could of the Juice Crew. He brought out Scrap, and him and Scrap did a little dance. That's see, that's yeah, but but I'm... see, but but Scrap did. They did that like that little join, and then Scrap like just basically two stepped in the back. Uh, cause they're cause they're like forty eight, yeah, and though. by forty eight, them them Negroes got to be in their fifties. Yeah, and then their, their knees is like, yes, yeah, 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 yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just impressed that both of them had the breath control that they have. Not surprised, but impressed. I'm, I'm, I'm impressed too. But like I said, Chris was taking some rhymes off. Look, I, I think, I think, <laughs> and I was upset. I think it kind of speaks to what you want from these MCs. Mm. Like even by your description, mm. you know, <laughs> this is terrible and arguably anti-black. But I've always had. I'm not going to say low tolerance, but medium tolerance for a whole lot of call and response. Like, if I paid my money, I'm actually here to hear you. You, right, 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 right. Like, I understand the call and response. And, and again, like, like you're really, you're really waiting. You're, you're kind of drifting towards anti-blackness, <laughs> saying that about call and response. I know, I know. But I never really, like, like, nah, nah, I came here to hear you. <laughs> <laughs> that's, true. that's true. I didn't come here to participate. Uh your brother Damon reminds oh boy. R- reminded me that um came brought out nice and smooth. Oh. Of man. course, I immediately text someone that you like ain't nobody bringing out kid to play. Oh. Uh and nice and smooth with nice smooth with they were they were all right. I mean, I mean smooth smooth had a cape on for some reason. Look, why not? <laughs> and and look like and look like he did Look, not meet a tasty cake that he didn't like. It's like nice and you know my nice and smooth thing. Like they were, like they were there, and I, and I, he was they there. They were there. He was there. Always oh, said like like you God is the nice and smooth of Wu Tang Clan. It's like you know he was there, right? right. So <laughs> so it's pretty dope. He gets to go on a t shirt. It's pretty dope. Deborah Battle is in the chat. She's letting me know that uh, KRS One is fifty six years old. Uh, I didn't know he was that young. Kane is fifty three. I didn't know Kane was that. Actually, that that sounds right for Kane. Yeah, I that Kane, sounds about right. That sounds about right for Kane in my in yeah. my area, area. Yeah. Um. So right there, and uh, Michael Reed wants to know: Is there a movie segment to our show? <laughs> Eventually. Eventually. Eventually, we will get to our review Eventually. of Candyman. I, I always say, um, I, I said last week that Kane has one of my favorite lyrics of all time. Maybe my favorite. Li- you know, my so full of action. My name should be a verb, but. Maybe the most quoted lyric in my house is Kara's ones and, and from um, Love's Gonna Get You, where every time in my house, if we find some money mm-hmm. or there's a tax refund or there's just some money, I will always say now there's steak with the beans and rice, which is just it's just perfect. Like, it's just this perfect metaphor because, mm-hmm. you know, beans and rice are actually delicious, but it's poor people food. You know, you're loved as poor people food, but steak with beans and rice? Yes. That's actually a come up. It is. And Karis one captured that perfectly. So we're 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 going to be reviewing Candyman from twenty twenty one uh tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Um, which is kind of like a, a bit of a reimagining. If you were not reimagining, oh, reestablishing. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. It's yeah, it's, it's, it's it's you know just a little peek. I think they handled it quite elegantly. 
Well, elegant would definitely be a word. Yeah. For the... uh, Like the way they kind of stitch mm -hmm. all of them together. Right. Um, But it actually occurred to me Mm -hmm. with this film, as well as our review uh, two weeks ago... Mm Mm-hmm. Of, of us. Of us. Yes. That this is our second Yahya Abdul Mateen film that we're reviewing this month. I mean, yes. I mean, he's, he's appeared in, in, in both films. Right. And um, I wondered in this moment that he is having, mm-hmm. Yahya Abdul Mateen, because of because of the two films that, that we're reviewing with him. Right. Um, his stellar work in the Watchmen series. Yes. Yes. One. He will soon be returning it's to about the same. In a few weeks, he's going to be in the Matrix. Right, right. He's going mm-hmm. to be in the Matrix. Um, he is, uh, I mean, and he's working on a bunch of other things. I mean, I know he's going to be in the, the next Aquaman and God knows mm-hmm. what other uh, projects that he, he's working on. Did you see the episode of Black Mirror? That he was in. I, mean, I also want to say about Mackie. that. Yeah, him and Anthony yeah. Mackie. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's one of the ones of Black Mirror that people talk about all the time. Look for, the one of the better ones for an American episode of Black Mirror. It's it really is one of the standouts. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm wondering, in in your estimation, okay, has the torch been passed from to Yahya Abdul Mateen from who? I would say the I would say probably from Denzel. I think it's a bunch. I mean, there's a bunch of there's I mean, been a bunch of people that have been like, I don't know, I don't know, had their hands on it, you know, reached out for it. But here's, but here's the thing: between Mahershala, Mahershala Ali, oh yeah, Lakeith Stanfield, mm-hmm. Yahya Abdul Mateen, none of them, I think, are what we would call leading men in that tradition really i think denzel washington like denzel washington tom hanks to a certain extent tom cruise george clooney brad pitt i think there's an uninterrupted line of them being in that kind of tradition of the leading man like these are leading men you wouldn't put will there will smith Okay. Will Smith, where I think everyone I just named, I think they're good actors, mm-hmm. but I think they have a persona that it, it's sort of like they're a, definitely like the leading guy, right? Like a Cary Grant type exactly. leading man. Like, like he's, they, they have to, they are the lead. They are the lead. In a yeah. lot of ways, I feel like everyone that you're talking about is more in a tradition of a Samuel L. Jackson, Lawrence. I think Lawrence Fishburne is kind of in between these two groups a little bit. Like Samuel Jackson, Forrest Whitaker, like these dude, these these actors who have been leads, mm-hmm. but they have almost a character actor kind of vibe vibe to them. Okay, okay, okay. That the thing I love about all of these young actors is that they all have that. Like they all have this this kind of grittiness to them. Like like you can you, you, you know. Like you know, you can dress them up and 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 put them again. They're leading leading men, mm-hmm. but there's not that kind of you know what I'm saying. I think I know what you're saying. I like that old Hollywood sheen. Yeah, but see, for some reason, I 
I've been catching a little bit of that vibe off of Yaya. And you were actually remind me of Mahershala because I definitely catch it off of Mahershala. Like the first time I saw Mahershala Ali was in um, House of Cards. He was on House of Cards. Yes. That, was, that was my introduction yes, to him. Yes, yes, right? uh, yes. And immediately when I saw him on the screen, I was like, this is a guy. And then I just steadily watched his star rise. And I think while I, I do recognize a bit of that grittiness that you're talking about that is definitely there in him. Or character actorness. The, the, yeah, yeah. Right. In much the same way that even though a leading man, Gene Hackman was definitely a character actor, you know. But I think I think Mahershala, now that you... You remind me of that. Mahershala, I think he's got some of that old Hollywood sheen on him. Yeah. I think he does. All right, all right. Especially with you know you know, uh he's got a couple he's got a couple of awards in his belt now. No, already. no, no. If anything, I'm kind of saying they have more tools. Gene Hackman, I think I would put in the latter group too. Mm-hmm. Like that kind of Samuel Jackson Force Whitaker camp. I know what. I'm happy for him. Like, Almost like, certainly. Like, 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 it, like, it's just an embarrassment of riches. Most definitely. Of these actors. And I see the people in the chat are saying, like, you know, that that we're past the time where they're, uh, they're only being one black guy. Yeah. Man. Oh, yeah. And and I certainly agree with that. Because we 100... haven't even mentioned Jonathan Majors. Right. Or Brian right. Tyree Henry. Mm-hmm. Or, you, you, or Donald Glover. When he acts and he's not doing all his other stuff. I I agree with that. And I, and I do agree with that, uh, that assessment. But I, the only reason I'm saying the, the mantle from Denzel is because because there to me there is still there are leading black actors out there. There are. And there's, there's so much more now and so much more prominent. And I think that's great. But there is still like a lineage from, you know, there, there's there's all the leading actors, but then there's the dude. You know what I mean? Right. You know, because even in Denzel, even in Denzel in his, in his heyday and in, in Will's heyday, there were other black leading actors. Sure. You know what I'm saying? You know, from... um from uh, 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 Omar Epps to Mackay I mean, Pfeiffer, I mean, you know, Wesley. I mean, Blair Underwood. Is Blair actually, Underwood, yeah. you know. So mm-hmm. there were always guys there, but there was always still the know, guy. The guy, yeah. Denzel. The guy, Will. Right. And, like, I'm just wondering if that mantle is going to be Yahya Abdul-Mateen. Uh, uh, Abdul-Mateen. Yeah, I don't know. That's, I don't that's know. I, I, I think it's, yeah, I think it's a lot of dudes. And, again... I don't even know if we're playing that game anymore. Which is fine. Which, Which is fine if well, we're not. I, you know, I think it's great. I think it's great we're not playing that game anymore. That's fine. Because that's absolutely, absolutely fine. Um, uh, Mahershala. That's what, that's what I've been saying. Mahershala. I thought that's what I've been saying. I thought we were saying Mahershala. I thought Ali. so, but Miss McKeeva is letting me know that it's Mahershala. Oh, Mahershala. 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 Oh, oh, Mahershala. I wasn't saying that. Okay, now I understand. Mahershala. I'm sorry, Miss McKeeva. Thank you for the correction. Mahershala. I appreciate that. Um, RM on YouTube. She would tell Etta for. Says he thinks that Chadwick was on his way to becoming occupying the the kind of space Denzel. Did, yeah, and now it's wide open. Yeah, and that's see, a very good point. That is a very good point. And, a, and, yeah. and yeah, he yeah, yeah. was 
the trajectory definitely yeah. was there for Chadwick. Yeah. Um, probably to kind of like take it from Denzel and Will to be, right. to be right. quite honest. But um, yeah. So anyway. Any who. Any who and any how. Mm-hmm. That, was, that was my thoughts. <laughs> These have been my thoughts <laughs> with Lynn Webb of the Michelle Mission. You know what? I do think we have some emails. <laughs> yes. we, we, were, we, we had pushed them aside for a segment we call My Thoughts <laughs> with Lynn Webb. <laughs> they did. And I was like, oh, yeah, we got an email. Um, <laughs> and now after My Thoughts with it's, Lynn Webb. It's time for your thoughts. We... <laughs> What we got? I hope Michael Reed is entertained as he sits. I think that's my nephew, unless it's very, another Michael Reed. Very patiently waiting. Right, and if for it's the, my nephew, the movie segment. <laughs> calm down. If it's my nephew. Well, oh, they're already checking him. Yeah. They're already checking. Somebody, <laughs> somebody, somebody said, Michael, you got to let it breathe for <laughs> about twenty or forty Look, minutes. That's that's. <laughs> so one of my best friends, Bruce, mm-hmm. was an English major like me. Like it was only like three black male English majors, and he was on. And we used to talk about when you write your paper, you write your draft. Mm-hmm. He would say, "You got to let it marinate before mm-hmm. you turn it in." So you know, you got write it, write it. You got to let it marinate, and then come back to it exactly to make sure everything. Is, so I always say, "We got to let it marinate yes. before we get it." Yes. So yes. So we are. We're letting it marinate. We're letting Mike. it marinate, Michael. Yeah. And, and Michael is saying it's no relation. This is not that Michael Reed. It's another Michael Reed. Okay. In that case, I won't come to you with so much bass in my voice. <laughs> Matter of fact, Michael said, take that bass out of your voice. <laughs> I ain't your nephew. <laughs> he didn't say that. Um, anyway. We had an email from Ellis Heron. Hey, Ellis. Black exploitation with a little wood is the subject. Okay. Hey, Vince and Len. I know it's been a while, but I had to say my piece on a few reviews. Okay. Uh oh. First off. First off. <clears throat> I loved your penitentiary review. <laughs> when I saw you, I reviewed it. I had to finally watch it and hear what y'all had to say. It was definitely the last remnants of the black exploitation era. The one scene that still boggles my mind is when Too Sweet is making love to the hooker from the beginning of the movie. And after the deed is done, the question finally comes up of, do you remember me? What the hell? <laughs> it's very true. That, yeah. that's... <laughs> Penitentiary is real tough. And when you said buckle up for Penitentiary 2, I had to see it immediately <laughs> and wait two weeks for your review. All I'll say is being 41 years old and a child of the 80s, I never thought I'd see Mr. T reduced to wearing a genie outfit and constantly repeating, he's too fast, he's too quick, he's, he's, he's too, too sweet. sweet. That's what. <laughs> yeah, they caught Mr. T at the right at time. The exact, at the exact right. moment right before Rocky mm-hmm. Three. I don't know if you could get Mr. I don't know, though, because Mr. T was a little... He was a little shaky on on eighteen. You wouldn't have gotten him after Rocky Three. Yeah, they wouldn't have. Gotten I'm him. just talking about whether or not he would have done that. 
Like I'm Mr. T. I have too much dignity for this. Let me go make an episode at 18. Hey, fool. Don't be trying to drug me and get me on that plane. I don't want to get on no plane. And they say, okay, B.A., we're not going to drug you. By the way, in a totally unrelated matter, <laughs> would you like this pastry? Yeah, I want the pastry. You know, I love bear claws. <laughs> Difference being, Penitentiary 2, maybe, maybe three to $5,000 to make it. And I'm pretty sure... I'm on the high end. Right. With the three. You're saying they couldn't pay him. Right. The A team, probably no less than $75,000 an episode. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, 80s, yes. 80s TV yes. budget. I'll eat this pastry. Ooh, <laughs> give me the bear claw. <laughs> yeah. Mr. T love pastries. <laughs> Ellis continues. <laughs> Thank you for reviewing one of my favorite movies from Tay Diggs' biggest movie of biggest movie year of 1999, mm. The Wood. Okay. That movie hit home for me in so many ways from Mike moving to a new city, making two best friends, and falling for one of the most popular girls in school. I will say, as an adult, I watched The Wood with the woman I had a thing for when we were kids and told her Alicia was who she was to me. Uh-oh, go on, Ellis. Needless to talk say, talk, Ellis. she was completely flattered and turned on. All right, Ellis. Go on, Ellis. That's right. So, Put the words on her, Ellis. So I beg to differ when Mike says the wood is not what you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> Keep it classy, Ellis. Keep it classy. You keep it classy. <laughs> Lastly. Lastly. As far as Dr. Black and Mr. Hyde is concerned, <laughs> it was definitely a case where the trailer was so much better than the movie. If I need a good laugh, I'll put on the trailer to this movie and have a ball. I showed my mother-in-law the trailer and she wasn't sold at the beginning, <laughs> but was all in by the end. Well, I guess the trailer did its job then. <laughs> Yeah, the actual movie did drag in some places, but I enjoyed it when Bernie Casey turned into Hyde and was messing people up left and right. <laughs> Thanks for the great reviews. Ellis Heron from Fort Worth. P.S. P.S. Since you reviewed the I Got the Hookup with Gretchen Palmer, I see you've gotten a step closer to finally reviewing <laughs> her other movie, Twa. Oh, oh, <laughs> twa is to coming. To coming. Oh, not only is it twa coming. <laughs> twa is twa coming. We, uh, I have actually talked to um, the comedian Daryl Charles this weekend. <laughs> I was hanging out with him. Did he bring up twa? Well, here's the thing. Daryl does a sex comedy show here in Philadelphia, <laughs> the DTF Hour, with noted famed sexologist Tim Marie. And he said, yo, I would love get her on the show with us to do a movie, and we should do twa. We should do twa. I said, ask, and it shall be answered, my friend. So we are looking for a date. <laughs> To do so we could do twa <laughs> and begin the trilogy. And, and do, 
because there's like twa to the twining mm-hmm. and twa to twa three twi hard twa twa hard with the twingents. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Monica Calhoun, I believe, is only in the first one though. Yeah, I'm asking yeah. you about your deep twa knowledge now. <laughs> I think she's only. I think she's only in the first one. I think she's only in the first one, which is good. But um, Nia Smith says twa lovers unite. <laughs> I think that's sort of. I think that's the plot of the film too. I'm <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure that's the tagline. Yeah, that's, that's the whole. That's that's the whole point. The, yeah, that's, the film. That's, yeah, that's the poster. Oh boy. Uh, um. All right. Let's get into our review of Candy Man. We'll be back with the film review soon as we do something funky and have steps in it. say his name five times while looking in the mirror he appears in the reflection and it kills you who would do that well we're still alive <laughs> let's go trina you broke the door really connected to this neighborhood. Cabrini Green it was the projects. I just moved in around the corner. The old candy factory. I'm an artist. You look up a candy man. He's the monster. It's part of this neighborhood. Why are you drawn to this? I'm hoping to spread the story all about Candyman. The mirror invites you to summon him. You should say his name. I dare you. Candyman. 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 Don't. Don't say that. Candyman. I think it made a mistake. I brought him back. Candyman isn't real! Something's happening to me. He had a purpose for you to be another one of his terrible stories. I guess he found me. I am the writing on the wall. The sweet smell of blood. A supernatural slasher film directed by Nia DaCosta and written by Jordan Peele, Wynn Rosenfeld, and DaCosta. The film stars Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, Tiana Paris, Nathan Stewart Jarrett, Coleman Domingo, Kyle Kaminsky, Vanessa Williams, Virginia Madsen, and Tony Todd, 
all make appearances as well. The film is a sequel, direct sequel, as they advertise it, to the original Candyman that was released back in the 90s, starring Tony Todd, and was met with critical reviews that were mostly positive for especially the direction Mm -hmm. of Nia Mm -hmm. DaCosta in this film that was Vincent's selection for this stop in Bootober on the Michaud mission. Vincent, what say you of Candyman? I think it was one of the least surprising things that I've seen that I thought this was a great film. When you look at the the, the bones of this thing. Nia DaCosta, as the director at the helm, you and I are both big fans mm-hmm. of her work <clears throat> from her debut film, Little Woods. Amen. And although it doesn't it, it doesn't seem like an automatic good fit when you think about going from Little Woods, which in a lot of ways was a postmodern Western and 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 character study mm-hmm. to something like a genre film like Candyman. Mm-hmm. Once you actually start to watch Candyman, you realize that in my mind, her great strength, mm-hmm. the way she works with spaces like you think about Little Woods and how she used the expansive spaces of of the the um of the West, mm-hmm. and then those those really really almost claustrophobic moments in the rooms, yeah, with Tessa Thompson and and her family. But so much of Candyman is it has to do with reflections mm-hmm. and mirrors, mm-hmm. so that. She her 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 mastery of the visual language of space works amazingly well yes. with something like Candyman. As you mentioned, she co-wrote the script with Jordan Peele and Jordan Peele's writing partner, Wynn Rosenfeld. Yeah. And these are three very, very smart people. Mm-hmm. These are very, very smart and more importantly, very, very thoughtful people. Yes. And the script and story has a thoughtfulness to it that, again, is 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 really, really well done. The cast, come on. Yaya Abdul-Mateen, Tiana Paris, Coleman Domingo. Mm-hmm. Boom, boom, boom. One, two, three. Yes, sir. And then with the, the, you know, a couple of performances around them, especially Vanessa Williams in one scene. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great cast. Mm -hmm. But I understand why some reviews didn't quite buy in. Mm -hmm. Dare I say there were one or two reviews where I remember reading them and thinking, wow, their dislike is almost visceral. Mm hmm. And then after I watched it, I said, oh, okay. Yeah, you see where they're going. Because this film cuts a little close to the bone mm-hmm. when it comes to those of us in the critical class, mm-hmm. the review class. 
as you said, this is a film that in many ways is a continuation of Candyman. And in very broad strokes, Candyman is about the power of stories. Yes. And specifically black stories Mm -hmm. and how we are affected by those stories, how we commodify those stories, Mm -hmm. how we shape those stories. Right. This is a film took place in 1990. The original film took place in 1990. This one is current day. And the difference uh, in Chicago 30 years ago is it is is like many american cities yeah is extraordinary mm-hmm. and this is a film that lets you see that in the beginning you know it <clears throat> opens up in 1977 it's cabrini green mm-hmm. it's a project for those of us of a certain age when we think about chicago and the projects we think about good times mm. and those high rises look like something right out of good times mm-hmm you cut to the present day and I love the choice. And this is something I'm going to say throughout my review. I love the choice that you get in this script where the first characters we see in modern day are Tiana Paris's gay brother Mm -hmm. and his white Boyfriend. boyfriend. So from 1977, the projects, everything that we talk about, Two, now you have an interracial gay couple mm-hmm. walking through the night fearlessly. Right. That, that's important. Fearlessly. This is an entirely different space. Mm-hmm. So that this concept of gentrification is already introduced right. very quickly. The plot itself, Yaya Abdul-Mateen plays Anthony McCoy, who is a visual artist. Tiana Paris plays Brianna Cartwright who is a curator, mm-hmm. a, a curator, so that both of them are in the art world. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're a beautiful couple. They're in a beautiful apartment. Mm-hmm. As I said, uh, Brianna's brother comes over. He's in, and it looks like an ad. We were talking about Apple. Like, it looks like an Apple ad. Mm-hmm. The four of them in the apartment talking, and they're joking about wine and 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 Anthony and, and his work and and how he hasn't done any work. And there's a moment in the conversation that kind of sets up one of the main conflicts in the film. Again, three of the people in this room are black. Mm-hmm. With a, a boyfriend is white. Mm-hmm. Yaya Abdul-Mateen starts talking about the history of Cabrini Green right. and talked to, you know, it was a project and then it was leveled. And then, you know, just sort of the gentrification spiel that we all know, those of right. us who live in the city. And he gets to the part of the spiel where he talks about and then people kind of moved in, you know, these developers made it and they had, you know, now the, the people that they wanted to move in, they let them move in. And the brother's white boyfriend says to him, you mean like you? And there's an awkward pause. Yep. Because now we are dealing with the complication of sometimes the people who gentrify, sometimes the people who come into these spaces are black. That's right. And there's this energy that runs throughout again. Anthony is an artist. Mm-hmm. Brianna is a curator. Both of them are black. The plot moves because Anthony 
has run out of ideas basically like he's looking for inspiration Mm -hmm. and when we see his old art his old art it's almost like it's almost like a cliche of the black artists in these art worlds where where it's it's all paintings of people with 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 nooses and it now we've gotten to now the conversation has begun about the commodification of black black pain pain yeah for these white audiences Mm mm-hmm but this is a black artist. He follows some breadcrumbs and then he pulls Candyman in. And Candyman now becomes his inspiration. But again, we have this conversation about the commodification of black pain, which in a lot of ways was subtext in the first Candyman. Yeah, it was subtext. It was but the one of the again one of the great choices about Nia DaCosta's direction of this film is how she's showing that sometimes black people can be part of this process. Exactly. One of the most beautiful moments in the film for me, as you said, uh, Virginia Madsen plays played the played an arc uh, um the, the, a, a, a cultural a reporter right. cultural anthropologist looking for stories she came into cabrini green mm-hmm. and she's the one who kind of started pulling out the legend of Candyman in the original film right and right. since then many of us have read this mm-hmm. as wes craven the creator of Candyman, intentionally perhaps unintentionally commenting on white people commodifying black pain doing this you know doing everything that we're talking about there's a beautiful moment in the film where Anthony is researching. Mm-hmm. He's listening to tapes of Virginia Madsen so that now of, of, of her, character, of her character talking about Cabrini Green and she's doing it in the most, oh, these people, they choose violence and they don't trust and then they have to like she sounds almost like the white explorer. Mm-hmm. in deepest darkest africa jane goodall jane goodall but like not even you know at least jane goodall's trying to protect the apes but i'm just saying of, 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 of a kind right of but she's you know she's very much you know oh these people and this that and the other but anthony's listening to her mm-hmm. to fold it into his own art mm-hmm. which then is going to so that the film really becomes this commentary on how culpable all of us are right in this process there's this great there's this great subplot about anthony doing his art and it doesn't really hit yeah until there's some murders Mm -hmm. and now he has a narrative exactly and now we're going to fold his biography into it and it's just so smart the way all of this works as a horror movie, I have to say I didn't find it that horrible. Like, there's not really a monster. Well, not that much horror. Not that much horror. Right. Right. It really is. And I saw someone post this on on Instagram where they said Candyman is the blackest monster of all time. Because if you keep his name out your mouth, he ain't gonna bother you. <laughs> like, Candyman is literally minding his business. Right. Until people come for him. Right. And I just love so many parts of the film. I love the performances. I love, like I said, all of these direction choices. You know, there's a moment in an elevator with all of these mirrors. Yeah. yeah. That is amazing. The first time Candyman kills the gallery owners. Mm-hmm. 
it is so stylized very stylized and the way DaCosta plays with reflections yeah and yeah. and reflective Especially surfaces there. Mm-hmm. are are just masterful mm-hmm. there's con- there's this conceit that the film uses where we talked about this is a sequel like there's candy man then there were a couple of sequels that kind of filled in the candy man mythology mm-hmm. and the way this film addresses those events they use these shadow puppets yeah by manual cinema yeah which is yeah. the art come and it's it's so evocative yeah. and it's so beautiful that it makes you forget that you're really getting an info dump. Mm-hmm. Like you're really getting the continuity. And it's those kind of really smart choices mm-hmm. that I thought made the film transcend an entry in something that we've, you know, kind of been watching for the past 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm couple of quibbles got a couple of quibbles um this film is only an hour and a half yeah which i have to say when i went in i was like wow you know you know us we love a lean movie but i was like wow an hour and a half huh mm-hmm. tiana parish again plays um a curator and there is it's bare, it's not even a subplot. It's just a detail. Come to find out her father has committed suicide. And then there's this wonderful scene after the murders start where her character is is being headhunted mm-hmm. by other museums. Mm-hmm. But come to find out the other museums want her because of her father committing suicide and her connection to these murders. Right. So now you get this quick moment where you realize that her life is commodified in the same way as Anthony's is in these artists, and it kind of runs parallel. But it's not really really, fleshed out. It's not. It's not. And I don't even think it's well spelled out either. Right. Like, you you kind of have to pull from... Right. Yeah. Coleman Domingo plays a character named William Burke, who is connected to the original Candyman. But I have to say... I wasn't quite sure what his motivation was. Like I I got the sense he wanted to keep Candyman's legend alive. But again, I felt like I had to work harder Mm -hmm. than I should with a script and directors as skilled as Nia DaCosta and Jordan Peele and, and, um, Rosenfeld and Rosenfeld were. Although I have to say Coleman Domingo, damn near steals the movie mm. like like he's so good that i have to say i didn't mind mm-hmm. that i didn't understand the, the and and these are really just quibbles like little quibbles but ultimately yeah, this this is a this is a fine film it's a fine it's a fine film in that you're right the it's smart it's um it definitely you can tell that it wants to be more than just a horror film. It wants to kind of like, you, you know, one of the, you know, we are, are were fortunate enough to have talked to Tony Todd years ago. Mm-hmm. We actually just did one whole show just of us talking to Tony Todd. Mm-hmm. And he, he spoke about, you know, how much he's enjoyed the popularity of, of Candyman and what it has meant for people. But he recognizes the missed opportunities that there were in the, in that film to really elevate the story 
of and really get more into the mythology and the and the motivation of Candyman, the character himself, um, itself. And this film, I think, gets you know um, props for really taking time and and fleshing that out, fleshing out that mythology, and even adding to the mythology of Candyman. Um and it it's uh intersection with with race and the social economic um uh environment in which the movie is set. It's great. I actually appreciated that if you remember the original um Candyman opens up with a a panoramic view of Chicago looking mm-hmm. down on Chicago. And this film opens up with almost like the inverse of that, of that scene. Cause we're looking up mm-hmm. at, at, at Chicago. I really, I really like that, that, you know, uh, reflection, ref- reflection. There, mm-hmm. Right. I peeped it. Um, it's so it's a very smart film. It's stylized like, like, like the bananas near the costa is at the full height of her powers. You can see there's little, you know, some influence of, you know, Jordan Peele here. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I noted, I was reminded when we watched us about how you saw the white family in us get killed, but you saw it from outside the house. Mm-hmm. And you saw them just kind of like attack them. And the same thing kind of happens with the art critic in this film. You see her kind of get tacked as the camera is pulling away mm-hmm. from her high rise. Um, I was like, ah, it's a little Jordan Peele of shit, but it, but it's still well done, and um, you know, still props to Nia DaCosta. So it's smart, it's stylized, it, it, it it's great. The performances are strong for the for the most part. Tiana Paris, uh, I I think is not given a whole lot to do, mm-hmm. but what she, she makes of it, what she will. Um, so I appreciated her. I actually also appreciated give some props to uh da, 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 I just want to find his name. Nathan Stewart Jarrett as her brother. Yeah. I thought, I thought he was good. Yeah. I thought he was if he, they ever do a Billy Porter biopic, mm-hmm. he could play Billy Porter as a young man. What right? Yeah. Right? So I, I appreciate appreciated him. Coleman Domingo. Um I, I'll be honest. I, my introduction to Coleman Domingo was seeing him in uh, the Scottsboro Boys mm-hmm. here in Philly, which was a live live st- stage play, and he was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know that was a musical, so I'm like, you know, then I you see that oh he's an actor, and you, if you've seen him and all these other things like you know, Beale Street could talk, mm. and then I and, and I have forgotten that he was in Selma and and all of this. Um, <laughs> that man is just a beast. He, he's a beast. And yeah. And if I knew, I had totally forgotten that he was in this movie when I went to see this movie. So when I said, how did he get Coleman Domingo in this movie? I'm like, what? And Coleman Domingo is just like all Coleman Domingo in this joint. I'm like, what? Um, Yaya Abdul Mateen, I'll be honest, I we've sung his praises on this show. I'm not. I don't necessarily agree with the choice that the choices that he makes in this movie as an actor. Really? Yeah. I, I, and I think because he has a thankless role a little bit. Mm. 
in that there is almost nothing that he could do in this film where you are not thinking of Tony Todd. Mm. Even though he primarily is not seen, I mean, ultimately, I mean, the, the, the posters give it away. He ultimately becomes the candy man, mm-hmm. but he's not the candy man who is attacking people throughout the film. Right, right. So you don't really see him attacking. Um, but you don't. But you, nor do you see Tony Todd. It's it's uh, it's another iteration it's, right, of, Candy, right, right. of Candyman as you learn in the, as they fleshed out this this um, the legend. But there's nothing that he could do where you're not thinking of Tony Todd. So much so that at the end of the movie, he more when he becomes fully Candyman, he for a moment takes on the the visage of right Tony Todd. And in Tony Todd. I think you you have an equally imposing figure mm-hmm. as far as height and stature. I think Yaya shares that with him. But in Tony Todd, because of his more mannered way of speaking, his, you know, totally uncomputer enhanced deep voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, an almost operatic, you know, uh, 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 style. Just everything he does drips with dread. Mm-hmm. And in Yaya, while I understand he's becoming Candyman, right? It and and I almost talked myself into giving him the pass because in becoming Candyman, he's he's. He's, his character is dying it's decaying yeah so in that are you really going to be as emotive you know if, if you're dying so i almost wanted to give him a, a pass on that but it ultimately it just came off as a little bit too placid for me and i just real i just really couldn't like it just didn't it just didn't work for me okay right? um so I, while i think i understood what he was doing it just it is just a choice that didn't work work for me. Um, but ultimately, especially on the rewatch of this film, I I have to say that, uh, and I and I see in the chat people shouting out the cinematography on the film, and yes, the cinematography it is it's a it's a freaking gorgeous film, and let's give it up to John. Glusarian, who is a, a Gulsarian, I believe I'm pronouncing that. Um, well, that's how I'm pronouncing it. That's how hopefully I'm pronouncing it correctly. He is a cinematographer on the film. Um, uh, oh, and 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 shout out is while we're popping out um, performances. Mm-hmm. Shout out to the flashback to 1990. That is Vanessa Williams. <laughs> <laughs> We don't say that in here. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, shit, that's the whole movie right there. I know. Like, that's worth the whole movie right I there. I know. And 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 it was so, it was so, it was so real. Yeah. Uh, like, everything she did was so, it was so real. I'm actually angry that they showed her in one of the commercials. I Me too. Me too, because it gives it away. And I was happy for her that she got to be in the actual credits. Mm-hmm. But I almost wish... They would have just kept all that kept secret. It. Kept it, yeah. 
Yeah. Because they played so coy. And, and, you know, the funny thing is, if you listen to maybe our first conversation about this, we immediately said who Yaya Abdul-Mateen's character we was going to be. Because I'd seen it. Yeah. Right. right. No, no, no. I no, mean, no, no. When we first just talked about the when movie. We, when we first heard about mm-hmm, the movie and mm-hmm. the cast and, and Tony Todd was playing coy mm-hmm. about being in it. Right. Right. So right. that you kind of knew it was going to be connected. Yeah. We knew immediately who his character was going to be. Right, right. So so when we see Vanessa Williams in a trailer, it just solidifies it. Right. So, but yeah. Yeah. But but uh, but she's fantastic. She's she's fantastic. She's fantastic. Like you said in one scene, but the one scene is, is is all it's all there. Yeah. You know, and, Oh yeah. And actually that scene is my favorite Yaya Abdul Mateen scene. Okay. Because he because I, that's the one scene where I I feel I feel oh, his performance is, is comes off as authentic in that moment. I feel I felt the tension between him and his mom. I liked there. him falling apart. You know what it reminded me of? Jeff Goldblum in The Fly. Like I just got the feeling he was kind of okay. He I, was kind of I hear you on almost that. pulling at himself. I hear you at that. It's but this is but this also is where the film lets me down because. To use your fly reference, the fly, you are there for the entire disintegration of Jeff Goldblum's character. From right. the beginning of the film all the way to the end. Just like you said, you you feel like you couldn't get a read on Coleman Domingo's motivation right. in this film. It's because there is a moment in this film where it feels like there's a 10 to 15 minute reel from this film that is missing. Right. Or or perhaps a half hour. Or, or, or perhaps a half hour. Like yeah. there's a real bit because it makes a jump and you're like, wait a minute. Right. So, I'm missing something here. And, and, and I think in, in that space is where, the disconnect happens. Mm-hmm. The disconnect between what is happening with uh, with Anthony, what is what is also happening, like you know the inference that you made about uh, Tiana Paris uh, character as well, and you know um, and what she's dealing with, and how that all kind of connects. I think all of that is in this half hour of the movie that it feels like is missing. And and then, and to me that is a too big of a space to to just forego and then just write off. Mm-hmm. Like the whole the whole deal with her father and dealing with the you know the pain of seeing her father kill, kill himself and everything like that. It's cool. And the scene where she flashes back to that is a well done scene, but it comes out of nowhere, and then it goes nowhere, and it goes nowhere. You're not yeah. you're, so, therefore, it feels like whoa. Her brother strongly implies that she dates kind of broken, broken men, men and broken it, artists, it, exactly. But it's never, it's never. You know, I know there's going to be a surprise. We want more Tiana Paris, is what we're really saying. <laughs> I wish I would say that, but it's not even it's not even that because because I feel like even with Yaya Abdul Mateen's character, at one moment 
you know, he, he gets the bee sting, which, yes. you know, and the bee is the, the, the signifier of Candyman and, and thus begins the decaying of his arm. And the police, which I loved. That was another great choice. Yeah. Where they say the police swarmed. Right. On, on the original man. On the original man. And then, oh. It's, 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 and then all, all great. Mm-hmm. So he gets a beast thing. His arm starts to decay and stuff. And you see in his arm is, is, it's a mess. It's a yeah. holy mess. Yeah. But then there's a jump. And now Coleman Domingo is batshit crazy all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, he is. And now all of a sudden has Anthony, where did they connect? Yeah, where, <laughs> it has Anthony trussed up yeah. in, in, in someplace, I, I think, think like in a church or well, something. Well, you're right. It's the basement of, of the of, church. Of the basement of the church. Yeah. And all of a sudden, Anthony Mackey's entire, almost half of his body. You said Anthony Mackey. Anthony, sorry. I know. Anthony, Anthony McCoy. I know. Right, right, right. His whole, half of his body is like, I'm like where did we, Right, right. What did we miss? Excuse me. Yeah. I did not go to the bathroom. I was yeah. sitting here dutifully eating my my pretzel bites. Right. right I am right, watching. Right. right I, I missed nothing. Serial killer watching a serial killer. <laughs> Watch it. Well, that was serial killer. I, I, I was here. Yeah. Where were you? Yeah. <laughs> you skipped the beat here. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. You know, and and, and I'm sorry. That's a little. That's a little bit too much of a leap for me to forgive. Okay. In this film, you know. I think that's uh, fair. And um. So for all of its flourishes, mm-hmm. uh, and the other thing is, is that it stylizes the kills are, and they are, mm-hmm. and they're great. Like you said, there's not a lot of horror. And by horror, I don't necessarily mean like, you know, blood and guts all over the place. Mm-hmm. I just mean, to, like, I, 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 I wanted the hair on the back of my neck to, to stand up at least a little bit. And it, it, but it, in her defense, I don't think that's what they wanted to do with this. I do think, I do think that there are moments where they, that's what they're going for, and I just don't. Th- and I, I Which don't, moments? I don't I, think there's any moment in here. <laughs> like, first of all, the film sets it up. Each of Candyman's victims, one hundred percent, deserve it. No, that's not true. That's not true. Who does he kill that doesn't deserve it? Uh, uh, Coleman Domingo's character's sister. They called him. Oh, but that's not deserving it. I know, I know. That's well, and and, and right, that's right. The, that's the other quibble because that one, right? Like, that flashback. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. So because I was with you because they kind of start wrapping this up in that you know you know these people are are asking for it and he's selective about his about his kills and he's in that. Uh, <laughs> Puts a lie to it. I love the smash cut when Tiana Paris is talking to her brother and they're talking about how because it's actually a ridiculous conceit. Like everything that you have to go through to get them. And they say, who would be dumb enough to do that? And then they cut to the girls in the bathroom. Yeah, and and that's it. But that's another scene where I think you're meant to feel. Oh, I don't think you're meant to. I, I disagree with you. I think I'm thinking. I don't you're think you're meant to feel a little bit of a little bit a little bit of their dicks to the girl that comes in. I don't. I 100 well, disagree. I'm not saying that they don't deserve it, which means it's not scary. Well, okay, all right. It's well done. 
Yes. The whole deal, but I don't know. I, it's almost like, I also like the one girl that says Candyman. She's like, nope. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's almost like, and appropriately enough, I'm here in the Bat base. Is what I say about Chris Nolan. Where I, I My problem with the Chris Nolan Batman movies mm-hmm. is that it feels to me like he's very reluctantly making Batman movies. Right. Like, God damn it. All right. I got to make. All right. Fine. There's a Batmobile. Fine. He wears a costume. It's almost like Nia DaCosta is very reluctantly making a horror movie. No, see. Like, I want to do all this stuff. I have all this stuff to say. I think Candyman is a great way. Vehicle to use. Vehicle to use it. But okay, okay, fine. Okay, I'll do some. All right, all right fine. There's some kill blood. that guy, right? And, all right, but but like you said, we're going like because you, you very rarely see any gore, right? Well, yeah, you yeah. know, it's it's. I mean, a yeah, lot you of, more see blood. You see blood, and right, and then right. like I said, they have the conceit that you can't see Candyman except in a reflection. Mm-hmm. So Which it's I almost I like these idea. these rag doll bodies f- flailing around. Mm-hmm. But it's not in your face. Right. Which I'm gory fine with. But Which, you know, I let someone who doesn't like horror movies, I loved it. I'm fine with that. But, 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 like, if you're not going to do that, then you got to give me a little bit more suspense, a little bit more something. something. And, and, and that plus a chunk of it missing, or right. at least feel like it's missing. I yeah. mean, like you said, it's an hour and a half. It's tight. Maybe it's a little bit too tight. I think, yeah, I think that, well, you and I both agree with that. Yeah. So, so, so ultimately, I I appreciate it, and it's a, it's a well done movie, and I'm glad that it made its money. It made like ultimately seventy seven million dollars on a twenty five million dollar budget, so it mm-hmm. made its money back in yeah. plus. So I'm glad for that, and I'm glad for that for Nia DaCosta because yep. that means that she's going to have her pick of her new films. Actually, I think she's actually. Um, oh, she's go, doing the Marvels. She's doing next, the Marvels right? with, with, with yeah, uh, the, you know um, she, so she's gonna, the Captain Marvel sequel, I think. Yeah, so she's getting some money. Mm-hmm. So God bless her. Um, but I I do have to land on the in on the side that the film ultimately was a little. It disappointed me. It it, it I, I I it wasn't. I'm fine with it not being what I was looking for, mm-hmm. but what it was still disappointed me. I'm I'm actually 100 percent the opposite, where it was more than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Like, like I really did think, and and I am coming at it as someone. In a lot of ways, I think Candyman has the cultural resonance that it does. Outside of the film itself, like I think people, people are more drawn to what Candyman represents. Yes, than the than the movie than itself. the actual yes. movie. Like yes. like I said, yes. I think one of of the really smart choices that this film makes is that it embraces that part of it. Mm-hmm. what we all have pulled out of it over the years right that i think what's craven is is very smart <laughs> like really smart and and you know talking about films that this kind of reminded me of in spirit one of one of our films that we've enjoyed as 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 a duo the people under the stairs yeah like you know i really like Wes Craven's non Nightmare on Elm Street mm. work. So I don't, I, you know, I I want to say Wes Craven had some of that commentary embedded in it mm-hmm. on purpose mm-hmm. back in 1990. 
But at the same time, I do think a lot of us have done a lot of work pulling things out pulling of Candyman that wasn't that, that weren't necessarily on the screen. Right. And I think that's the foundation that From this film this is film. built on. I agree. Which okay. which is why it didn't bother me as much that it's it's like I agree with you it's not that suspenseful. I would argue it's not that scary. Well, again, but that's the thing. You know, it's not that scary. But I don't know if that's necessarily what Nia DaCosta was going for. I, th- I think she has this sort of double th- this double barrier. Like you've got Jordan Peele's name all over it. Mm-hmm. Regardless of whether he, you know, was just a producer, but he did co-write it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think we're expecting us or get out level of of at least suspense. At least suspense. And exactly. then Candyman is this iconic horror figure. Right. And then it's just not them. But like I said, but ultimately, but I could see, like I said, it did well. At, yeah. At the movie theaters. But I. I I have a funny feeling that is what kept it from. I mean, that and other factors, of course, the the world being what it was at the time, right. kept it from yeah. doing better. Right. And I also think there were a lot of critics that that it ruffled their feathers with what it says about the critic class it, it, okay. in relation to black art. Okay, and and I I certainly see that. I could see that, but I could also see, and I read more than a few reviews that that said this as well in that you're making a sequel to one of the more well-revered horror films mm-hmm. of the last of certainly of the last 30 40 years absolutely you owe it to be scary i think that's fair so I, I look. I, I don't think that's a bad argument. I don't yeah. think that's that's a bad with all ar- the commentary you right. gotta if put you, in the, the the fright. It's it's almost like and and I have not seen the Halloween, the, the most recent one, the most recent two, but it seems like they have kind of recontextualized mm-hmm. it and and centered. Um, what's her name? I just forgot the actress's name. Jane uh, Jane uh, Curtis. Jamie Curtis's Jamie character. Curtis, Jeremy, Jamie Curtis. Jamie Curtis's character. Almost kind of like they did with Terminator 2. Yes. And that works. It does. It does. I haven't seen the most recent one, but and it, it definitely and it, works but, in the But while one. still keeping the spirit mm-hmm. of Halloween. Mm-hmm. And you it, it I think it would be difficult to do that with Candyman. I see, I I I don't believe I, I think it's there. I just don't think she pulled it off. And okay. I and I and and I disagree with you that I think that she was trying to, and I just don't think she it it, it she pulled it off. Um, but it still, would you recommend that people? See I would. Candyman? I, you know what? I would absolutely recommend it. I would absolutely recommend it. And and not only would I recommend it, I am am sort of now publicly asking mm. the ether, okay, for two hour cut. Oh, a director's cut. A director's cut. Even though we're assuming this, I cannot possibly understand why this wasn't two hours. Yeah, or longer, or longer. Because I, I mean, two hours, sure, but there's definitely. I know they had the support. I know Jordan Peele was was well behind it, 
clearly there was more story there. Mm-hmm. Like, I do not understand why this film was only an hour and a half. I mean, for all we know, this is it. I mean, we don't know. Right. It so doesn't feel like it was a studio hatchet job. It doesn't. Like no. That. So. So in theory, in, in, I mean, it's possible there is no more. Right. Now, if, if I found out all of a sudden there's going to be a two and a half hour cut of Candyman th- from 2021, I would check it out. I would love to revisit. Yeah. I would love to revisit that. As far as whether or not I would recommend people see this film. I think I, as much as, I, I think I would still recommend people see the film mm-hmm. um, because I do think it is a very, it's a, it's a well done movie. She's a well made, it's she's, a beautiful film. She's a crackerjack director. And it's she some really very good, is. you know, Coleman, Coleman Domingo's performance is, is pretty top notch. Um, and I could see some people having fun with it, but, uh, but so it's a very modest recommendation. Okay. You know, I, I've, I've got to be, I got to be honest. Okay. You know, I wouldn't mind having more eyes on this. Um, but I could understand if, you know, well, you said it's not scary. So I, you know, I'll, I'll pass. I'm like, yeah, I can, I can't be mad at you. I can't fault you on that either. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Um, I'm just looking here on the chat. Uh, Miss Makiba, after this discussion, I think I'm ready to finally watch the movie in the morning with the lights on <laughs> I know away that's right. from the mirrors in the house look, just to be careful. I know that's right. I watched it this afternoon with the windows open, so I ain't mad at you. <laughs> you could have watched this at night. I think I could have. Yeah. yeah Again, Candyman. The mo- yeah, see? Leave him alone. I know. Just keep my name out your mouth. Like, dude, like they were live, they were in their beautiful apartment with their beautiful life. Like they were like black hipsters, and they were living their life and have been living their life. That fly- that apartment was flies out. Look, was- they were living their wonderful lives until his ass. <laughs> Went poking around. What you poking around for? He had he had to call him. His mother said, "We don't say that in here." <laughs> I spent thirty years <laughs> keeping this secret. We made a pact. I love the fact that all the people made a pact at the end of Candyman and said, "We ain't talking about this no more." Right. And then you know what? They ain't talk about it no more. No. And then you know what? Everybody lived their happy ass lives. Yeah, but there was always that one dude, Coleman Domingo's wild butt laundromat ass. Here's the thing, though. You know where his crazy ass is? The laundromat in the projects. Yeah, well, true. (laughs) What you doing poking around the laundromat in the projects for? With your little camera. (laughs) He taking pictures. (laughs) Sketching. (laughs) Like, dog, what are you doing right now? It's like him and old boy could get out, could make dumbass black decisions. Here we go. Here we go. Dumbass black decisions. <laughs> With the dude from Get Out and the dude from Candyman. <laughs> then like Adelaide comes out and says, What are y'all doing? <laughs> Stop. <laughs> ah. <laughs> right. You're chopping at him. Right. Or telling them, go. Go eat a sandwich or something. <laughs> Live your life. 
You don't got to be in this stuff. It's true. It's very true. Very true. I wouldn't have been in a project. Not if I had Tiana Paris at home. Oh, I would not have easy. been in the projects. I'm just saying. <laughs> easy. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that's our thoughts on Candyman. Before we tell you what we're going to be watching next week, and stay tuned because it's a doozy. <laughs> we invite you to email us email the Michaud Mission all of your thoughts and concerns at Mission at gmail.com M-I-C-H-E-A-U-X M-I-S-S-I-O-N go to Michaud Mission two men one podcast every black film ever made MichaudMission.com where you can hit swag and check out all the cool designs and gifts available to you via our good friends at T Public. like and follow us on all the social media at Instagram Facebook Twitter subscribe on YouTube tell a friend all about us Tell them to find at me show mission, which is a proud member of the podglomerate, thepodglomerate.com. They make podcasts work. All right. All right. I have been waiting for this week. Oh, boy. All year. It's ridiculous. And I planned it out Mm -hmm. in January. Yes. That I would have the last week mm-hmm. in october and you skipped right over october octavia april when we should have did one of these and <laughs> now that i know you playing this in january <laughs> okay mm-hmm. don't mess with my narrative uh-huh. i'm <laughs> so, sorry <laughs> next week uh-huh. here on the michelle mission we are going to that hallowed year of 1986 it's a great year for these for genre movies so i think that's alien blade runner Mm, okay, this one for this this one and one. You're, you're Blade Runner is boring. No, Blade Runner. Yes, yeah, Blade yeah, Runner. Blade, Blade, Blade Runner is boring. You're out of your fucking. It's mind. boring. It's a beautiful movie, but it's boring. It's insane. boring. You are insane. It's a boring movie. You, Blade Runner is a boring. You are movie. insane. Alien, great movie. Blade Runner. Blade Runner is the foundation of science fiction films since 1986. Everything you love, it's a line to Blade Runner. Oh, because of the aesthetic, not the story. The story is boring. And if they pulled anything from the story, they did it better. Because the story is boring. You are insane. It's we, a we're boring not, movie. You are you you are actually an insane, crazy person it's right now. It's a very boring movie. When's the last time you watched Blade Runner? I, I just watched it last year. I finally was able to sit through the whole stupid, boring thing. You are it's boring. It's boring. I said, I'm going to watch this because I wanted to watch the sequel. And I was like, I I can't. I can't. And no, I've not watched the sequel. And no, I won't. Because I won't be bored. You are insane. Go ahead. Talk. talk, But we won't be bored next week. Right, right. We got some from 86. Because we got got black films from 1986. Yeah. (laughs) Although, you know my argument about Blade Runner. (laughs) What? What's your argument about Blade Runner? It's a black movie? It's the blackest movie with no black people in it. It's a movie about passing. The whole movie is about runaway slaves and passing. That's what the movie's... That's actually the plot of the movie. Okay. All right. Well, for Octavia Octavia April, feel free to throw Blade Runner on a Barbie. If you I'm like. just saying. And, and let's argue this out. I'm just saying. Let's argue that one it's out. It's a movie about... I will shut up and let the missionaries fight that fight for me. It is a movie about runaway slaves mm-hmm. and passing. Mm-hmm. Is that not what the plot is? Mm-hmm. 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 
Is that not what the plot is? And no, and, and no better man to to get that story across than Harrison Ford. I mean, yes, look. okay. And Rucker Howard. And Rucker Howard. And Daryl Hannah. As 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 Negroes. <laughs> White Negroes. Harrison Ford is Kunta Kente. Or Brave Runner. Yeah. Next week. Next week. On the Michelle Mission. Mission. We, it's been a long time since we've seen this star step onto the mission. Long time coming, but she's finally here. Yes, sir. As we sit down with Grace Jones. That's all right. In Vamp. Yeah. From 1986. But first. Oh, boy. In Boo. Bootober in Bootober, a horror month. We close out with a little short, rarely seen ditty from the king of monster pop. Oh, we're gonna watch a thriller video, which is has werewolves and zombies in it, and it kind of goes within the theme of the month. Is that what we're gonna watch? You would think so, but that was not released to theaters. But was, but what was? Released to theaters. Uh huh. What, what what horror what horror film is this that we're watching? <laughs> it's another scary ditty mm-hmm. that Michael Jackson did. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Called Captain EO. Oh, is that the one with the spaceships and the aliens and the robots? Yes. Oh, that sounds like horror and not science fiction. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to be watching next week. Oh, okay. Here on the Michelle Mission, both films on Bootober in Bootober, a double feature: oh, horror and monsters, robots and aliens. Captain EO, Captain EO, and Vamp. Vamp. Have you ever seen Captain EO? Never. Me either. Me neither. Me either. I've never seen. I've never it was, seen it. Um, it was at Disney World. It was. Right? It was it, after yeah. a very, very, very short. Yeah. It was exclusively at Disney World. Yeah. And when I was at Disney World, I didn't care and I didn't see it. I yeah. think by the time I went to Disney World, I got they did, they I was about to running. say they stopped running it because yeah. I remember going and wanting to see it because yeah, I am looking forward to seeing. It. I'm looking forward to seeing it too. I'm just, I'm looking forward to the frights. I'm looking forward to being scared. This may be scarier than Candyman. Uh-huh. I doubt it. <laughs> it's Michael Jackson in space. How is that not scary? Yeah, uh-huh. I'm scared. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> Uh-huh. Like I said, it's a shame we don't have a whole month where we talk about science fiction. Mr. Programming. <laughs> we do. Uh-huh. We do. Uh-huh. But this is scary. Uh-huh. Okay. So, next week on the Michelle Mission. Farrell Blackwell says, I see the choice of Captain EO through the lens of my suggesting Precious for Mother's Day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. We should do Ma next year, though, for this. Like, Ma actually goes into horror. It does. So, I was thinking about that. Someone was talking about Ma around me a couple of weeks ago and i was like we should watch ma in october we should mm-hmm. but see i'm programming but we'll probably watch it for mother's day <laughs> all right 
<laughs> All right. So until next week, ladies and gentlemen, he's Vince. I'm Len. In parting, we say, we'll see you when it's time to meet again.